welcome to food to go the podcast brought to you by the new food team i'm the editor of new food joshua minchin and as ever i'm joined by my co-host grace grace how are you doing today i'm very good josh how are you i'm good thank you i'm i'm cold um, I'm freezing. I've got a scarf on. It's freezing. <laughs> no, but I feel like it's warranted this time because it's actually, it's so snowy where I live anyway. There's about five inches of snow still. Normally we just mention about it being quite warm outside, a little bit chilly, but it's absolutely freezing today. Yeah, usually it's pretty banal weather chat, but as you can probably tell, we're not in the office today. We're doing this remotely. Um, it's the first pod we've done remotely for some time, isn't it? We've done. I, I think since we've been back in the office, we've done all of them in person. But yeah, I know you used to do it remotely. We used but... to. We used to. So there'll be a bit more interruptions, today, I reckon, because <laughs> I, I, I can't uh, make a glaring face at Grace if I stop talking because I've got a point. <laughs> um, no, it is cold today. There's snow on the ground. Yeah, we can't get in, can we? It's uh... no office is closed today, but the work from home has allowed us to keep going in our offices yeah so I don't know about you like so a lot of my family members have jobs where they have to go in so um my partner works in the NHS uh my parents are a chef and a teacher so they're very much practical jobs so yesterday mm. was a snow day for everyone so they had a bit of a result um yeah couldn't get into work so they had a day off but me, me and you Grace <laughs> we are work from home people we were still working moments. there's no excuse anymore Exactly. We're powering on. My dad had to get into work yesterday, but he came home early. So he was only there for three hours. So, but that's, that's oh, not that's like no us. The, the eight hour day that's continues. Like not, yeah, the grind <laughs> continues. But it's nearly Christmas, isn't it? And so with exactly. that in mind, with that in mind, we're sort of doing, can I call it new food wrapped? Are we going to get into sort of copyright trouble there with a certain music mm. provider if we, if we call it that? Maybe. Um, maybe. Maybe I'll cut this out. <laughs> that's basically what we're doing today, isn't it? We've got yeah. some um, we've got some categories we're going to run through, uh, mm-hmm. and we're gonna in the next half hour, forty five minutes or so, rattle through a year's worth of new food content, digest it. What were our favourite bits? What bits do we think mm-hmm. are most important? And what do we predict for next year? Um, my prediction. Grace, I'm sure you're... Go on. <laughs> I think you should look forward to my prediction, right? I've googled it, and you can just wait and see what it is. I think you'll be quite impressed. Oh, well, you've built it up. We're going to do that last, aren't we? So you've built it right <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. you built it right up. Well, it might... Right, you're, so I, you're, it's questionable. It's questionable. It's questionable. Well, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it now. I'm okay, looking forward well, to it now. Wait we with bated breath. And then put it, no, no, okay, no. I'll last, last. I'll, I'll, I'll you. <laughs> um, first get category we've agreed on, favourite episode. Now, Grace, obviously you've you've joined us partway through the year, so mm-hmm. you've perhaps got less episodes to choose from than me. Obviously, I recorded most, most of them with Bethan earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's been your favourite episode of Food to Go that either you've participated in or you've listened to? Well, interestingly, I've got two. So one that I have been in and one that I haven't. So the first one is how to put on a global food safety conference. I thought that was really great. It made me laugh, all the clips being put together and especially your train audio that you got. I thought that was really funny and it really made the podcast. You like that? <laughs> yeah. Proper, like, and I... studio soundscape stuff that at Twickenham Station. And, yeah, yeah. And because I know the background story of you getting that, I think it makes it even better for me <laughs> to listen to. <laughs> Yes, I'll no, we'll put this as in, yeah. I mean, I, I was at Twickenham Station at rush hour um, <laughs> holding a microphone almost underneath the train carriage trying to get the, you know, I'll have to do the sound, don't I? You know the uh, 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 sound you get when a train leaves. <laughs> I 
I was yeah. like, that's going to be class in the pod. So I'm there recording and there's like hundreds of commuters looking at me like, what on earth are you doing? We're just trying to get home. Um, <laughs> but it was worth not it. Not my favourite moment it. of the year. Yeah, it was worth <laughs> it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Maybe people did at home too. Yeah, well, I feel like we'll have to go back and listen to it next year. So we have a step-by-step guide of what to do when we put on another event. Yeah, 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 we will, we will. Um, I'll bring some proper equipment. Maybe we'll bring like a whole crew, a whole sound, a crew. sound crew. We'll employ Perch a crew. A station for an hour. Yeah, we'll, we'll close yeah. Twickenham for a bit. Yeah, why not? Go on, I'm second sure bit. What was your second favourite? Second bit wasn't in this one, but it did make me laugh listening to it. The Wonky Veg episode. Yes, I've got that later on in the app. But yes. Oh, do you? This was good. <laughs> this was good. Go on, carry on. I think it was you walking around and talking to the public about what their opinions of wonky veg were. It was. So this is what, Grace, you, I think you quite like this phrase of mine, what I call proper oh, journalism. proper journalism, yeah. Proper journalism. <laughs> um, yeah, proper vox pop. Uh, me and Bethan purchased some misshapen, I think a misshapen carrot and a dodgy potato for the mm-hmm. local supermarket. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, stood in the pouring rain for an hour. Uh, we couldn't. It's a better, better day to do it. We stood in the pouring rain for an hour, um, asking strangers which product they'd buy. Um, a vegetable. It's a carrot. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> yeah. So it was a, it was a misformed, like a misshapen carrot, and like a mm. perfect kind of traditionally looking carrot. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people just sort of looked at us like we were absolutely crazy and said, "No, thank you. It's pouring down with rain. Let please let me go home." <laughs> Um, some people were kind enough to stop and speak to us though and the results were surprising I'll let you carry on but it was, it was the, I was surprised by the results well the real question is do you buy wonky veg because I know they sell it um, not separately but that you can now buy packets of it and I think it's discounted compared to um, normal priced veg but I just don't see the difference to be honest with carrots especially like I don't I don't see the issue with it no not when you're chopping like obviously carrots you're chopping up so I think where it's horses for courses, isn't it? Like, for example, uh, this week I made a lovely sausage casserole, if you're interested. Oh, I'm, um, I'm not a casserole kind of girl, I'll have to be honest. Oh, so, uh, Stuart, uh, uh, what, even when it's like minus three, it's just absolute yeah. prime stew, stew weather. It's like. No, it's prime roast dinner weather. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you can't have a roast on a Monday night. Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> you had a roast on a Monday night? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> Grace Gala breaking all the rules. Monday well, night roast. I, d- I didn't have one on Sunday. I can't remember what I had, but it wasn't a roast, and I really missed out on it. So yeah, we had a roast on Monday instead. Do you want to tell like we when I used to live at home, we used to have sort of sometimes we'd have like a little cheeky roast on a Monday, so it'd be leftover roast. So you'd get like oh, a bit okay. of the meat that's left over, leftover yeah. Yorkshire puddings. Then Dad would do like a few potatoes, and it's a little uh, a little sneaky roast, but a full blown roast on a Monday. I, I, that, it was that is a against full the rules. blown. Yeah, no, it was beef. It wasn't it wasn't turkey. So we've not quite got that out yet, but. It, Who's yeah, sorting that out on a Monday after work? Who's doing my that mom. after work? <laughs> my mum. Fair play, Mrs. Gala. <laughs> Honestly, work, it was great. A roast together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all props to her. I mean, I, I did a... Mind you, my casserole was a bit of a labour of love. It took, like, a good two hours prepping Was it cage. a slow cooker? A slow cooker situation? Well, not an actual slow cooker, but it was slow cooked. I had my lovely... Um, I think I was speaking to you before about this. Certainly other members of the team in the office. Um, right. I've got a certain penchant for a uh, kitchenware design shop, shall we say, um, that rhymes with La Frise. Oh, okay. I, I, I catch your drift. Yes. However, I'm not fortunate enough to have mm-hmm. the full-blown casserole dishes from 
the shop that rhymes with Lafruze because they are, right. if you do know Lafruze, a lot of money. Um, <laughs> I've got the mugs, got the got the salt and pepper shakers, and if I could, yeah. I'd keep my whole kitchen out in them. So if you are listening from the firm that rhymes with Lafruze, <laughs> and you want to provide a food editor with some free gear, then you do get in touch. Anyway. I've got my fake pot. It looks like it's from that shop, but it's not. Oh, okay. Um, and I forgot, I suppose I forgot I had it. And oh, I was on the way home from work forget? on Monday. Well, I was on the way home from work and I thought, I'll tell you what. On the way home from work? Mm. I work from home. I was uh, working. <laughs> um, yeah. On the way back from the office to the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I can see my kitchen from my desk, so it wasn't even that much mm. of a journey. But I thought, do you know what I've got in that cupboard that we've not used for a while? The casserole <laughs> pot. pot. <laughs> the Lafruze pot. A couple of hours later, lovely. Anyway, we are absolutely miles off track. But yeah, wonky yeah. veg. I enjoyed that as well. That was a great app. Yeah, no, it really made me think. Cause I feel like it is. There's nothing wrong with eating wonky veg, but I feel no. like the public. Some people may just want, but it's become quite trendy, hasn't it, Josh? I feel like some shops are. I don't want to. Can I name specific shops here or not? Yeah, it's not a BBC. Do you like? Oh, well, uh, M&S, I feel like they're kind of almost putting the prices up of some wonky veg products because... Do you reckon? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like they're quite trendy. No one wants a perfect carrot anymore. <laughs> you click that, I will click that up. That's going in the trailer. Um, no, I, <laughs> no. I, I know what you mean. Um, that's why I mentioned the casserole. There was method to it. I think for dishes like that, where like you're just chucking a load of carrots and swede and um, like potatoes in a pot, wonky mm. veg perfect. Like doesn't matter, does it? Or I make mm. um, a lot of soups and you just blend it up. Doesn't matter, does it? I suppose yeah. if you're like presenting a lovely dinner, you kind of want nice looking veg. But yeah, I agree mm. with well, you. Mi- Michelin star I, standard wouldn't be wouldn't yeah, be yeah. Probably can't have veg. like no exactly. But I mean, for the most part, you can absolutely have it. But yeah, I enjoyed that, and we got some great insight as well from a wonky veg provider. So um, that was yeah. a great app. Good choice. Good choice. Thank you, Josh. What what podcast did you really enjoy this year? So again, I've got two. Wonky Veg was in my uh, thinking, but I know that's two. So I actually also had the Food Safety Conference app. Loved that. Oh, brilliant! That was a real. See, it was a shining like, was, star. That one. It was. It was really good fun to produce. So mm. um, it was the first one that you were on as well, mm-hmm, Michelle. Exactly. I think was it the first one you were on? Like your yeah, debut. I think so yeah. 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 Um, so. Great fun to do. Um, we recorded most of it the night before the conference. It also got me and Bethan out of doing a lot of the kind of uh, more boring tasks, like putting up stands. Um, kind of <laughs> yeah, because you were just running around, around chasing chasing after people with a microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whenever someone's like, "Can you carry that?" Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'd... I'm sorry. I'm busy. I'm working. I've got art to create. Yeah. So um, <laughs> no, it was great fun to record. Loved it. Um, snuck out onto the pitch with Professor Chris Elliott and Rudy Kuska as well, which was nice. I that know, was amazing. You had a great show. time doing that. Yeah, we did. And also, it was lovely to show. So, Chris and, and, and Rudy are really good friends of the brand. They're always big supporters of new food. They've also got a new mm-hmm. book out, which I'll give them a little free plug for because they oh, uh, do lovely. so much for us. Um, so, definitely <laughs> check out their new book. But um, to be able to show them and give them a little treat, and um, I mean, Chris certainly is a big rugby fan, so to be able to give him a little treat and to show him the, the tunnel or the pitch um mm-hmm. yeah that was lovely so we're giving giving back i suppose we love so we love that bit and um, <laughs> a little christmas yeah, gift which is really fun. a little well yeah a little october autumnal gift um <laughs> no we loved it it was that was good fun so i enjoyed doing that but in terms of the one that i enjoyed listening back to the most um i suppose i'm bleeding over to our next category here but the interview i enjoyed the most as well was ethical supply chains so we spoke to mm-hmm. paul williams of princes that okay. was really really interesting um the work they're doing in terms of making sure that 
produce they procure is fairly picked, grown, harvested. Mm-hmm. Um, fascinating. The insight into some of the um, the malpractice that happens around the world, but also in Europe, which kind of shocks me as well. Um, mm. Really, really interesting. I love that. I love that conversation. It was a brilliant use of, a, of an hour. So, um, yeah, loved Go it. Go and give it I a listen if you haven't it. listened to it already. Yeah, definitely listen back it's to that. It was really, really good. Yeah, it was. Give it a listen. Um, it's one of the most important ones we've done this year, I'd say. So, yeah, I love that one. Um, in the same light, I feel like the Worker Wellness podcast, that was a really important one as well and really insightful. I really enjoyed listening to that. Yeah, again, enjoyed recording that one um, with, with Leslie. Yeah, it was good. It was more of a, it was a different angle to the normal podcast, I feel like, but it was really valuable to talk about. Kind You're of right. It was quite different the, to what we usually do. Yeah. It was, I, I really enjoyed that as well. And um, I just hope that helps a few people as well. Certainly mm-hmm. helped me because everyone has weeks, months at work where it all gets a bit much and you don't really know what to do. Yeah. And so if you can have some strategies in place. So yeah, mm-hmm. good shout. Enjoyed that one as well. So their favourite pods, favourite interviews, Grace? either written ones that you've recorded listened to what's been your favorite interview okay so this wasn't for a pod but it was it's a little plug for an article i've written i absolutely loved interviewing michael keller from the international seed federation um i've just i've never spoken to someone who's so passionate about their job and it really translated into the interview he was just great yeah um, i'll second that plug it's a great piece go and read it thanks josh he he gave such a candid insight into the cop 27 event and why seed should be seen as a priority in the food industry um but also that interview did make me realize that my default word is brilliant i don't know if you have one josh when you're interviewing somebody but in the transcript the amount of times i I read brilliant oh it's it made me cringe it's awful my response to every sentence was brilliant okay that's brilliant or just oh i need to cut it out of my vocabulary maybe that should be my new year's resolution yeah it could be Do you know it's hard though because when you're interviewing people you kind of they, so they finish a big long answer mm-hmm. it feels somewhat rude to just ask oh, so this question you have to acknowledge what they've said yeah but and then obviously as a journalist on. you can't say oh yeah no you're right you can't say like you're right or, or like yeah. you can't really do that mm-hmm. so you end up sort of using, like, I just go, oh, yeah, absolutely, and then carry on. Um, well, the, the thing I is, I don't, all the time. I don't even say brilliant outside of work. Like, that is not a word that I use. <laughs> so I don't know where it's come from, but I just can't stop saying it. Maybe you should check in this Everyone pod when we word. edit it back if I, how many times I've said it, other than yeah, in I this segment, under. because it's it's been overdosed now. No, yeah, everyone has a little word. So I say, I say absolutely all the time. So if you listen back to my interviews, I'll just go, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I can hear myself <laughs> doing it. Like, I get to like four or five minutes in, I'm like, I've said absolutely for every single question. Um, thing, do you reckon they notice are the words that we tend to go for? No, or is it no, just I a I think that, self-reflective I think thing? Quite, I think people that are being interviewed often are quite nervous. They're just focused on what they're mm. saying. So mm. I don't think you have to worry. Um, well, that's better for us anyway, that if they haven't noticed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You've, I just want to ask you as well, because you've not worked with us for that long. And I hope you won't mm-hmm. mind me sharing this. When you first started sort of beginning to organise and conduct interviews, you were a bit nervous, weren't you, at first? Yeah. How it's has just, that changed? Because you really enjoy them now. Yeah, I, I think it's one of my favourite parts of the job now. I think before it was just, I felt a bit intimidated asking somebody about something they know so much about. And as a journalist, you don't always know everything. You kind of, you, you're there to find out more. So 
I think at the beginning, that's what I found quite intimidating. But now I just love researching the company or the person and finding out about what they do and just asking them more about it. It's not a scary thing anymore for me. My favourite interview, again, I've got two um, because I'm greedy. One that I did (laughs) for the pod was um, an interview with Cormac Ograda. That was on the history of the potato. So again, quite... Oh, I I gave that a listen the other day. Yeah, I really enjoyed that as well. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, was this, was this your idea, Josh? Yeah, of course it I was. thought it would be. Anything to do with history, even if it's like the life cycle of a potato, I knew it would come back to Josh's yeah, idea. Yeah, it's mine. No, but it has, I, I suppose it's, it's taken even more weight the last few months with the food insecurity that we're beginning yeah. to suffer. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, a lot of the episode was centred around the Irish famine of the 1800s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A quite harrowing, what Cormac had to say, but also so interesting. The Irish potato famine was an ecological disaster. It was due to a fungus which had a lasting impact on the potato for decades. And there would be no cure for that fungus until the bluestone solution that was adopted in the 1890s. Now, what this meant, of course, is that the population of Ireland could never go back to the eight and a half million there had been before the failure in 1845. That was simply not possible. That system was broke. So what do you do with the eight and a half million people? You either allow them die, or you put them on permanent welfare, or else you get them out of the country. My favourite interview for... I don't know if it's my favourite interview content-wise, although it was fantastic, but where I was, the person it was with... um, the scenery was James Howard at Black Project in Denver. So James right. is master brewer at a brewery in Denver um, called Black Project. And mm-hmm. it's just the most stunning location. It's on the South Broadway in Denver. So anyone that knows Denver well will know that um, that street. And you've got the, well, what I was informed were the, the foothills of the Rockies opposite. I mean, they look like big old mountains to, to a brewery. <laughs> right. But um, James said to me, I don't know what you want about there, the foothills. And I informed him that, <laughs> Our tallest hill or mountain is like, I don't think it's even 1,500 metres tall, Ben Nevis. So uh, I was pretty <laughs> impressressed. The scenery is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Such an interesting story. So Black Project, open. Um, they use open fermentation for their beers. So basically right, they okay. make the warts, like the basic kind of liquid of beer, chuck yeah. it in a tank to cool down overnight. And then whatever floats past on the breeze, bacteria-wise, mm-hmm. goes in and they ferment it. Oh, right. Um, so no one batch of beer is different to the other and I suppose what I love most about that which I is also why I like certain spirits you cannot make the beer that James brews in Denver anywhere else anywhere because else. yeah it's like That's what's so on the Denver cool. breeze what's on the wind yeah did you try some yeah I did so I tried a couple um How really nice it? really really nice oh, yeah really good really good <laughs> um I love that about whiskey as well like there's certain whiskeys where um Old Portenay, for example, again, we recorded an episode of Old Portenay on our luxury products episode earlier in the year, so give that a listen. But they actually um, store some of their whiskey barrels outside on the quayside. So the the, the, right. the ocean and the, the, the salty sea basically lashes these barrels um, all wow. year round when the waves get up. And when you have a glass of that whiskey, you, you can taste like sea salt. You can't make that anywhere else in the world. You can only make that in Wick. So That's I love that so about whiskey. Cool. I love it about rum. So that's my, that's a bit of an aside. But anyway, for scenery, it was like 20 odd degrees, Rocky Mountains, you're in Denver. 
at a brewery. That was Could, that was a highlight. Be better, really. No, top, no, not really anything better. That was an S tier interviewing, yeah. So I loved it. That was great. Um, favorite story, Grace. I've struggled with this one, so I'll let you go first. Well, I think you know that I enjoy writing some stories more than others, but because I just sometimes when they're a bit too legal and a bit too heavy, it kind of it does knock it out of you a bit, and it's just that it's quite a serious subject matter. So I think I prefer writing ones like drinking coffee has health benefits i think that came as good news to a lot of people in our office i feel like you're definitely looking at me through the internet i'm looking yeah and i'm also looking i'm looking at the amount of money i spend in costa it made me feel a bit better about my spending habits well yeah i mean i don't spend money in costa to be fair but i do drink outrageous amounts of uh of coffee so how many do you average a day is it about i reckon it's about eight for you Oh, no. In the office, it's worse because we have to... Um, there's some boring office chat for the listeners. So at home, <laughs> I have a bean-to-cup machine because I'm extremely well-to-do. So <laughs> I have a bean-to-cup machine. So I probably have about four mugs a day, I reckon, at home. Um, See, I think I have more than you the do office, at home. You might in... do, but in the office, because we use a cafetiere, I have to do mm. a big cafetiere, like a big pot of coffee and I end up just drinking it because like, it's there. So I do probably have. I've, like tr- I've tried Josh's coffee. It is very strong. Yeah, I don't mess about. No, it um, doesn't. I do like milk in it, but I'm not. It's not like no, none of that weak coffee. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> what was it? We don't allow hot not, chocolate so no. as a as a coffee shop order. It's not. It's not a legitimate order. I didn't say that. I just said that. <laughs> I, don't, I, can't, I can't remember what I said. I just look. Well, I look down at people who order hot chocolates in coffee shops. Maybe. <laughs> on a different note i also um i loved writing the piece on the world cup is it too soon to bring it up uh not by the time this goes out that's my i've got that as my favorite story oh really what Um, the um pubs one yeah i suppose it's tough this i found this category tough because we write so much news Mm. it's um it's tough isn't it to remember like everything that you've everything that you've covered yeah, because so there'll be a few that, a week that you that... really, really enjoyed writing. But that one, I think because yeah, I wrote exactly. that quite recently, it stood out to me. Exactly. So I've got the World Cup one as well. Um, it's a bit soon. I'm a bit sore. Mm, it's very sore. For anyone that hasn't read it, the um, the premise of the piece was that pubs are struggling as a result of this year's World Cup being in winter. Um, and a study suggesting that had the World Cup been in summer this year, that pubs would have made more money. Um, so consequently, obviously, I made sure that I personally went to the pub to watch the game this weekend or last weekend. Um, I went with a friend and she actually read the piece, too. So she knew the real reason we were there, not to support the squad, but to support the, the pub industry instead. And and, and how right you were, um, as I exactly. tweeted out as well. Anybody that skived, anyone that skived off work for the England-Iran game or indeed for any other game, for any other nationality that's listening today. If you were mm-hmm. uh, skived off work and went to the pub to watch it, you weren't unprofessional in fact you're performing a very valuable civic duty in keeping your favorite hospitality venue afloat so well done you it's interesting isn't it the uh that that question because Mm. i don't think i read the piece i enjoyed it i don't think we'll ever know because this year's world cup is not just taking place in winter it's taking place in one of the sort of most difficult economic times we've faced for some years so Mm -hmm. is it because people are haven't got much money looking around or is it because it's Mm -hmm. in the winter do you know what i mean yeah, it's. I feel like it's. It comes from both, but maybe, maybe you're right there, Josh. 
there's something there's something more to the study than meets the eye. I do think they're right though. Like when it's in when the World Cup's in uh, June, July, and it's scorching hot outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've personally myself maybe I shouldn't say this. I found myself in beer gardens all day watching the World Cup because <laughs> you do. It's warm. It's hot. You're all together. Yeah. You watch the football. You stay afterwards in the pub in the winter. Maybe you don't. Who knows? Who knows? Well, when we were trying to book pubs, actually, we couldn't find one for ages because they were all fully booked. So they're not struggling yeah, I, that I, I much. Don't... No, I, I must thing. admit, I was shocked when I read the piece. I was like, I don't know. I actually think World Cup combined with sort of the Christmas, it might be quite good for our hospitality industry, which let's 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 say it is struggling and mm. has been struggling since, yeah, since the pandemic. Is. So mm-hmm. any help they can get in the next few weeks, the better. I've got mm-hmm. so I had that down, and I also had another beer-related story, which probably says more about me than it should. Um, we were about comedian Ed Gamble and Vault City Brewing in Edinburgh using laughter to brew beer which is just a lovely story yeah so go back and read it I'll put it in the explain to me I've not read this so I'll put everything that we mentioned today in the episode description but oh you're going to have a right task uh, doing that Josh I shouldn't yeah we'll cut that (laughs) you shouldn't have promised that Um, (laughs) I shouldn't have promised that Basically, there's an Edinburgh-based sour beer kind of brewery called Vault City Brewing. Um, and Ed Gamble, like quite a big personality, um, TV comedian, also does Off Menu with James A. Custer, which right, if you are okay, going to listen yeah, to yeah. our podcast, listen to that one. It's great. <laughs> Basically, they've just started, um, like he laughed. He like started laughing into like tanks of beer right. um, to mark like the Fringe Festival. And yeah. that takes place that's a comedy festival that takes place in Edinburgh every year but yeah he just um, yeah like basically just like laughed into the tank of beer and then they sealed it up and brewed it and uh, yeah that's it do you think it actually made a difference to the beer at all uh, well they said yes. that they said it. well the quote was I might start laughing into all my drinks now as I genuinely think it does improve the flavour I think the jury's out on that what is however important is that a lot of the profits went to um, Calm, so the campaign against living miserably, okay, yeah. which is a charity yeah. that um, improves mental health in the UK. Mm-hmm. So, great story, all round feel gooder. Which twenty twenty two has been pretty scarce, of hasn't it? We're usually writing about people being poor and not being able to afford food, or supply yeah. chain woes, or workforce woes. So, yeah, I loved that. It was a nice little break. So, that's my favourite story of the year. But Grace, your most important story of the year? I think the FDA giving the green light to Upside Foods, that was a real breakthrough um, in the US. Yeah. It's cult- cultured meat is now one step closer to commercialisation. So maybe the UK will follow suit in 2023. Who knows? I agree. I I think that's a way off personally, but we could. We, we might do. I could be wrong. Um, no, it did feel like a real poignant moment in the food industry. So I just feel like the world will be watching with bated breath now to see what's going to happen and if it's going to take off in America. It did feel like one of those moments, didn't it? It felt like one of those kind of, uh, like, look around the office moments where you think, uh, hello, like, it's it's on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so exactly. I agree. I agree. It was important. Um, I've also <laughs> gone stateside. Sorry, go on, Grace. You've got more culture than me. Oh, no, you go like... first because I'm bringing it back to the UK after. So you go first. All right, I'll go for my yes story as well. Um, I wrote about the food inflation. I mean, we've written like how many stories about food inflation levels. Um, I always task Grace with like writing this. And every every month I'm like, Grace, you've written the food inflation story yet? Because every month the figures just hit high, like new heights. Mm-hmm. But th- I wrote this on the 10th of June. I'm just looking at it now. 10th of June, 2022. And I remember this dropping 
on like the uh, about half past four our time, so I was just about to leave, and mm-hmm. I remember it just dropping on my screen, and it was a kind of a oh my god moment, um, right. because it increased hugely. Like it was up to like more than ten percent. Um, it was inflation was up ten percent on the previous year for food. And we'd had inflation in the UK as well, but this was kind of the first one that was like, wow, there's really something happening here. Um, yeah. So that's, for me, is most important because it's just dictated so much of the discourse in the last half of the mm-hmm. year. So for me, that I, and, I, and I can remember clear as day writing that, thinking, oh my God, this is just not good. So that's my most important story. Well, I, I know I was going to move back to the UK, but it actually was about food inflation as well. I think we should keep a tally of every time we write food inflation or cost of living and maybe have a jar for it because it feels like the maybe 70% of what I'm writing about relates to food inflation at the moment. Um, it's just such a massive issue worldwide, but in the UK especially, it's really affecting different communities and different aspects of the food industry. I know that the Trussell Trust has had to make so many more food packages than they were doing last year um and it just shows that it's really kind of making its way to different people in society and hitting everyone a bit differently but there's no doubt that it's going to affect everyone this christmas um especially in the uk and it will be noticed in their maybe their christmas meal shop i'm writing a piece on that at the moment actually and the price of a roast dinner i think has gone up on average by 20 percent yeah, we wrote one about Thanksgiving as well, didn't we? A few weeks back, mm-hmm. that was um, another sort of big increase. Yeah, it's a, it's always a dilemma, isn't it, that we face here because we do kind of cover the same thing, but it is the story mm-hmm. at the moment. Like it is, it's it's it so is. important. There's no escaping and, it. No, and it's our job to report on what's most important, both like for the industry and for everybody. So I, I yeah, I I'm afraid. There might be more of those stories, not less, in the next few months. But who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. we'll uh, maybe with a new year we'll start to turn a corner. But I don't know. I just think it's going to be a really tough few months. Yeah, I spent the first half of um, or the first few months in twenty twenty three. I'm expecting to con- to still continue writing on food inflation. So sorry, everyone, if you thought it was going to be left behind in twenty twenty two. But no, there's we more, just don't think it more, is. more to come. Um, on that note, then I reckon your answer will be similar. What worries you the most about the food and bev industry in twenty twenty three? Um, well, I actually had a different topic for this, but I think the tuna for uh, the tuna food fraud scandal in Mozambique was particularly worrying um, recently because I know uh, a few weeks ago you were speaking to some experts about how fruit, food fraudsters um, and food fraud is an ongoing problem in the industry. Um, but this just kind of highlights how no matter how strict the regulations are, there are still things that slip through the net. And there are things that can happen that completely turn or a country's economic status on its head, like this food fraud scandal. Yeah, that Mozambique story is something, isn't it? Definitely go and read mm-hmm. that. That really is something. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I think food fraud, look, it's always a problem. We know that. But again, mm-hmm. it just, I speak, I speak to a few people at conferences in Dublin, in the US, in London. Mm-hmm. It just feels like the condition to brood for big sort of large-scale food fraud. Times are hard. People are looking for cheaper options. Mm-hmm. Feels ripe, doesn't it? Feels feels like it's going that way. Mm-hmm. Well, I know Professor Chris Elliott, who you mentioned earlier, but who can get another plug, he labelled this scandal as the biggest food fraud ever. Um, so that's quite well, worrying. Well, the Mozambique story, did he really? Yeah, he did, in his tweet. Well, 
Chris wrote. Chris delivered the uh, the Elliot report on the horse meat scandal in the UK so many some years ago. Now, well, that I didn't know he'd said that. That's that's quite the, that's quite the um, statement from from Chris, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite so, the um, quote, but yeah, yeah. it is. It Eyes is. peeled in twenty twenty three for if there's another one, but hopefully yeah, we'll keep not. our ears to the ground. What am I most worried about? I'm going back to cost of living again, but mm-hmm. I'm framing it around sustainability. So. Okay. Again, from the from the conferences that I've attended this year, it feels like we're kind of really reaching a bit of critical mass for the for sustainability in terms of the food and beverage industry. It's always mm-hmm. been a concern, don't get me wrong, but it feels like some really great work being done, some excellent policies being delivered, and there's enough sort of enthusiasm. And I'm just worried that the economic crisis has hit at the precise... I mean, there's never a good time for an economic crisis, but it's hit at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. I just worry that industry and consumers are not going to have the financial or mental wriggle room mm-hmm. to focus on sustainability i mean if you look at a consumer level and mm-hmm. i've started doing it i don't know about you i'm not looking at sustainability anymore i'm looking at price yeah um, i agree and i would imagine both me and you are fair i wouldn't say well off but we're, we're not at the sharp end necessarily so yeah, people no. that are probably are even more focused on price and rightly so same goes mm-hmm. for industry we spoke about those pubs and those restaurants that have struggled are they going to be looking at like sustainable practices that might cost more money or are they going to look at how much, how can we widen our margin because times are tough? I just worry that that's going to take a bit of a backseat over the next 12 months as times get tougher. So that's my, that's what I'm worried about. But look, the industry, I've got faith in it. It never fails to deliver. So I'm sure there'll be some excellent results. Yeah, no, I agree, Josh. I feel like you can't even blame people for not prioritizing sustainability no, in the can't. same way that they did last year. Um, People are just changing with the times, but it doesn't mean that they haven't come so far already. It would just be a shame to kind of put it completely to the side. Now people have come a lot further than they had done a year ago. I agree. And I know that there'll be people listening, screaming at the, their, their, their phone, their computer saying, yeah, but if we haven't got a world to live in, then it doesn't matter. And I agree with that. Sustainability is mm-hmm. the be all end all. I completely agree. It's a, it's a big ask, though, for people at the moment when every penny counts. And to be honest mm-hmm. with you, it's not just the financial implications. It's the mental stress as well. Yeah. Um, if you don't follow them on Twitter, do give Jack Monroe a follow. Um, Jack's done some incredible work on cooking on low budgets. Their story's fantastic. But do give them a follow. And I remember them saying once on, a, I think it was an interview, the mental stress and the mental... Um, energy usage of, of of trying to operate shop cook on a, on a shoestring it just mm-hmm. takes so much out of you and you don't have the ability to, to to think about anything else you don't have the ability to think about food miles to think about emissions to think about your own impact mm-hmm. on the planet i'm not saying that's right mm-hmm. i'm just saying it's understandable and so that's my worry for next year mm-hmm. a bit depressing what's your uh, you did mention one star of 2023 that you think is gonna happen what's your food and beverage star of 2023 what's what's uh what's gonna be the highlight next year right so i've done some googling and actually some tiktoking and apparently, oh this is it isn't it some tiktoking this is it, some TikTok-ing. This is it. TikTok-ing, yeah apparently i don't know if you've seen this but it's gonna be tinned fish now if you haven't let me explain so there's a couple on tiktok and it has gone viral and i mean like every video six million views they have once a week a date night where they just eat tin fish and it's all sorts of tin fish Josh I can't even explain like they have like six different cans each date night and it's just gone viral people love it so the main trend predictions apparently I don't know if these are very reliable sources but 
is going to be. <laughs> do you not? Do you not think they're reliable? <laughs> well, it's TikTok, Josh. What can I yeah. say? Like, well, I've written an article, or it was a news piece actually, on Brits wanting more canned food. So I feel like it's all making sense now. Maybe this TikTok is why people want it. <laughs> so Grace Gallagher of New Feed, Tinned your... Fish. Tin fish is your prediction for twenty twenty three. I just I, I made I, despair. I made that couple I made the couple's date night sound quite weird. It actually looked very wholesome and sweet, but um, I'll send you the link if you want to watch it. it was... It's hardly <laughs> new though, Grace. Is it? It's hardly like groundbreaking. We've had tin fish around for years. Yeah, but I don't think it's very popular. Like, do you buy it in your weekly shop? Tuna doesn't count. No, uh, this tin no, fish. We're we talking like no. mackerel, mussels. All sorts of things, not just you. Well, I mean, look, we'll come back next, this time next year. We'll have a look and see. But, I mean, that is... As, as <laughs> Food to Go... Something. I mean, we've had some pretty... I'm pretty good at some outlandish comments on Food to Go. But that that could be the best of the list. That could be... Tinned fish is the biggest prediction. Of, so, you heard it here first, folks. Grace it's quite Gala. specific, but when it, when it takes off, you can all think of me. Tinned fish, right. I've gone safer. Um, I feel like you couldn't get more outlandish than that, and I certainly haven't. I think next year is going to be the year of food waste. Um, not as in we're going to waste more food. <laughs> it's going to be like the best year, the best year on record for food waste. Um, I think that again, I think that's reached a critical mass in the last mm-hmm. sort of few months of 2022. We've seen yeah. so many supermarkets ditching best before dates on food which is another issue in itself which we've covered at length here at new food so check out the uh session at the food safety conference with myself jamie crammy and denise brennan of kerry but anyway again spoke to kerry at fie paris and great talk on food waste you can read my article on that too i just feel like everything's building to real action on food waste in what 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 should I call it? The global north, I suppose, is the correct term. More economically mm-hmm. developed countries. Um, that's straight mm-hmm. out of the your 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 dad's drug teacher, isn't he? He'll be, he'll be having a meme with that. More economically yeah, developed he, countries. I'll, I'll the send old, him the, the link to listen. <laughs> yeah. I've got done geography since um, I was about sixteen. <laughs> nor have I. That that came from the depths of my brain, <laughs> the like the filing cabinets in the cellar. Yeah, yeah, like the file. I had to get like yeah special pass to get down to that level of my brain to dig that out. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, more economic developed countries. I feel like there'd be a big focus on food waste. Again, times mm-hmm. are tough. Food is scarce. That's my star. I think 2023 is going to be the year that we made the biggest strides in tackling food waste, which, let's be honest with ourselves, is disgraceful. Mm-hmm. In it's the awful. Every time I write about it and have to re-Google the, like, the latest stats, it is, it's terrible. But companies like Too has Good it made to you Go... Better? Yeah, sorry, yeah, go on. Too Good to Go, like, fantastic. What... Give them a mention. Yeah, little plug. I think they could branch out to places like Just Eat as well, actually. Like more takeaway outlets, maybe doing a kind of too good to go kind of thing. Yeah, like end of the night, if stuff's going. Yeah, there's a missed opportunity there. Food waste, really important. Disgraceful Mm -hmm. how much food you waste. Mm -hmm. Has it made you better working at New Food? Because I think it has me. I'm so much better at food waste. It has. Well, when I started shopping for myself when I was at university, I actually got quite good at not wasting food. I think I'd buy enough to um, just last me for the week. And I wouldn't like I'd get through it all. So I've never been too bad, but I do think now I'm more aware of it. I'm even more conscious about what I'm buying and whether I really need it. I'm terrible for going to the supermarket hungry. Oh, never do it. Never do it. I know, but I do. And do you know why I do it though? Because 
When somebody asks you what you want for dinner after you've just eaten lunch, say, can you ever mm. think of anything? I can't think of what I fancy, what I want. I'm just like, I don't know, yeah, I'm full, I don't true. want anything. So I go when I'm hungry and I end up just picking up bits. I'm just like, oh yeah, we'll have that, we'll have that. and never use them. So mm. that's my flaw. But in terms of actual food, we're pretty good. So the aforementioned casserole, the famous casserole, um, <laughs> we've had two nights now. I've had dinner two nights. Um, oh, really? I think I wasted one one piece of Swede went in the food waste bin. That was it. What, what was so wrong with that done, bit? Or were you just full? I was just full. I genuinely couldn't eat anymore. Um, so one tiny piece of sweet. It just couldn't. It was quite chunky. It was quite chunky. Oh, fair enough. Fair um, enough. So that went with a bit of sauce. So I suppose all right. A few chopped tomatoes and a bit of sweet went in the bin. But other than that, big old uh, Le Frouze pot of casserole. Right, last category. <laughs> Wholesome one. What have you mm-hmm. most enjoyed this year? Slash, what are you most proud of? Well, as you mentioned earlier, I only joined the company a few months ago, so I'm proud of really getting to grips with the content um, because writing for the B2B industry, you do have to be quite clued up on what's going on like globally, not just in one location. It does help. Location. It does help. <laughs> so yeah, you have to kind of know a broad, like a broad range of, not what's the word? A broad range of industry insights before you can kind of write... Um, informatively on it because that's what we really try and do on new food like analyze the news rather than just give you the facts um so it really is a case of the more you know the better and I feel like each week I'm just getting more accustomed to the food industry globally and it's like really benefiting my writing so yeah that's what I'm most proud of I agree I think you've done really well in that respect for me I'm really proud that we put on the food safety conference at Twickenham Mm -hmm. Um, yeah that was a great event to put on a global event and to fill that agenda with so many amazing speakers I was really really proud of our achievements there um, mm-hmm. what I enjoyed I've loved I've travelled to some amazing places this year with new food you so, really have in the last two weeks he's I've hardly seen the man he's here there and everywhere yeah I mean I've been to Louisiana some of you might have seen the content we've been um, thrown out from Louisiana which was amazing so do stay tuned for even more videos and interviews from my trip with the US Sustainability Alliance there I went to Paris for Food and Ingredients Europe as we said I've been mm-hmm. to Denver for Cannabis Products Exchange been to Chicago for Food Safety Summit been to Barcelona been to Dublin so yeah it's been a jet-setting year I've loved it I do love traveling love speaking to different people from different cultures and understanding what makes them tick what they're worried mm-hmm. about what they're excited about so that's probably what I've enjoyed the most Look, it's been a great year for new food, Grace, hasn't it? I know you've only sort of been part of the last quarter of it, but it's been a great year for new food. And I'm so excited for next year. We've got, how many events have we got this year, Grace? Four, I think. Four, yeah. Four. We've got Food Integrity US in January. Yeah, yeah. More planning for us. Food (laughs) Integrity US in January, January 24th, 2023. If you've not signed up, sign up. Mm-hmm. We've got the Food Genomics Summit with Eurofins. That's on February 22nd, 2023. If you've not signed up, mm-hmm. sign up. Sign up. <laughs> and then, I don't know if we can tell people about this yet. So maybe we should have. We've got two exciting events coming later in the year as well. So Should we keep them a secret? Keep them hanging? Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's just say that we'll, uh, let's just say that a popular event from the last two years, which has been on- online only, will now be uh, on the road. We'll leave it there. Ooh. But no, really, we're really, yeah, ooh, indeed. So no, really like excited for of, new food. The, the amount of plugs in this podcast has been unbelievable. Yeah, but I mean, our head of content's gonna be absolutely buzzing with podcasts, isn't she? Like, we've plugged everything, mm-hmm. hit every yeah. single, every single step. Um, <laughs> no, look, it's been an amazing year for new food. 
Thank you so much for listening to Food to Go for the last 12 months or so. Um, been lovely to have your company. Thank you so much for engaging with New Food as a brand. We hope that you've enjoyed all the content we've produced. And yeah, we just can't wait to work with you again next year and to uh, speak to you in the new year. So have a lovely Christmas, happy holidays, and a lovely new year, whatever you're celebrating. Have a lovely time. And mm-hmm. we'll see you back in January when me and Grayson get together and record another podcast, Grace, in January. Have a lovely time, everyone. Speak to you soon. <laughs>